0: Welcome to Connections, I'm Mike Tom with Colleen Hood. You know, fear can be one of the most debilitating issues in a person's life. Today's guest is going to help us break the power of fear in our lives.
1: Ruth Sukup surveyed 4,000 people about the role fear plays in their lives and she found a common theme, seven fear archetypes. We'll find out more about these archetypes and how you can find yours today on Connections. Ruth Sukup is a blogger who is helping people live well and spend less. Today, she'll be helping us live well by breaking the power of fear in our lives. Ruth, why did you decide to start blogging?
0: So I actually started my business in 2010 um, as a just a, a blog about uh, living well and spending less, where I was trying to help myself and help other other women who were kind of in the same boat, where I was just trying to figure out how to live a great life, and save money along the way, and it really started more as a hobby than anything else. At the time, I was a stay-at-home mom of two little two little girls. They were one and three at the time, and I didn't initially think that I was going to end up creating this huge business, but as soon as I sort of got started in this online world, all of a sudden, it was like a whole new world was opened up to me, and, and I realized that there were other people, especially moms, who were out there making money online, and that this was something, this is something that you could do in in this day and age. And I got really excited and and decided I would, wanted to do that too. And I set a goal for myself to uh, make enough money through my blog that my husband would be able to quit his job and retire. And at the time, it just seemed like this crazy, impossible dream. But actually, in 2013, um, we actually that we're able to accomplish that goal. He, he wow. left his job as an aerospace engineer and came home to stay home with our kids. And I have been running the business ever since. And in, in those nine years, it has grown from just one one website, um, which is Living Well, Spending Less, to a whole media company. So now we have four divisions. Lifestyle is still Living Well, Spending Less. We also um, have a business division where we teach other entrepreneurs how to start their own successful online businesses. So basically I teach people what to do. We actually have more than 11,000 students in that course now. It's called Elite Blog Academy, and we've had students from over 60 countries worldwide, which has been pretty amazing. And then in 2015 I started a productivity division of our company, which is called the Living Well Planner. So we actually manufacture and sell a physical planner. And then um, last year I started a whole new project, um, which is more the motivation wing of our company, and that was um, the Do It Scared podcast. And then within that, I also started doing a lot of research behind the scenes, and that research was what led to um, writing this book, Do It Scared.
1: And uh, speaking of Do It Scared, what made you want to learn more about the role of fear in our lives?
0: You know, it, through all of these other endeavors, um, I've grown a pretty large online community of especially of women. My audience is about 90% women. And fear was the common denominator in almost everything that I did. It seemed like it just kept coming up. You know, I talk a lot about going after your goals and dreams. I help people build businesses. But the thing that kept coming up again and again and again was was people saying things like, you know, you talk about big goals and dreams, but I feel like I'm so stuck. I feel like I'm so afraid of putting myself out there, of taking risks, I feel like I'm sitting on the sidelines of my own life, and I'm just afraid to jump in and go after go after these things wholeheartedly. And it wasn't just one or two people that said things like that to me. It happened again and again and again, and I kept hearing it, and it kept coming up, and it, it just got me so curious about this role of fear in our lives. What is it that is, is keeping us stuck? Why why is fear such, such a big thing for so many of us? And more importantly, what can we do about it? And so I started asking questions, and that led to just this amazing um, survey of more than 4,000 people. And and then through that, we ended up with so much data that I, I had to hire a whole team of researchers and psychologists to help me sift through all of that. But what we discovered in the process was something pretty pretty astounding about fear.
1: And what was that that you discovered?
0: Well, what we discovered, the biggest the biggest kind of aha moment was that not all fear is created equal. So we all experience fear. And when I, and I, I should clarify here that when I'm talking about fear, the specific type of fear I'm talking about is not phobias, like the fear of spiders or the fear of flying, but this internal fear that holds us back and keeps us stuck, keeps us from stepping outside of our comfort zone and keeps us from going after our goals and dreams. And so we all experience fear, but we don't always call it fear. In fact, a lot of us don't call it fear. We call it something else. We call it feeling stuck. Sometimes it's feeling depressed. Sometimes it's anxiety. Sometimes it's just this uh, over feeling of overwhelm. Um, and it, but underneath all of that is is some sort of fear. But fear looks really different for everyone. We all have sort of our own unique take on fear. And what we did notice is that there the way that that fear manifests is in very distinct patterns. And we found seven of these patterns, which we called the seven fear archetypes. The reason that this is so important for people is because so much of this fear is happening subconsciously for us that we don't experience it as fear, we experience it as truth. But as soon as you can actually put a label on it and start to identify how those patterns are playing out in your life, that is when you have the power to start doing something about it, to start combating those patterns, to say, oh, my gosh, I just felt like this was my experience and this was truth, but this is actually just my fear talking, and now I, now I have the power to do something about it. And so it's pretty, it's pretty powerful, and it's almost an immediate shift for people. As soon as they can, like, have that identity, it's, there's an aha moment that happens where you can go, oh, now I can, now I can actually, now I know what I'm working with. It's sort of like when you go to the doctor, it, you need to get a diagnosis before you can get the cure, and fear works the same way.
1: Definitely. I, I took the test myself because I was very curious. And I, I was interest. I, it was interesting to me because I came at, up as the procrastinator, which wouldn't typically go over well with me and my brain because I'm not a procrastinator, <laughs> but, but I found yes. that very interesting, and then when I read into it more, it made sense with the perfectionist side of things. It's, it's very interesting. Can you tell us a little bit more about those uh, archetypes?
0: Yeah, absolutely. So the procrastinator slash perfectionist, I call it the procrastinator slash perfectionist because those two terms are almost interchangeable. But um, that is actually the most common of all the seven archetypes. And really what that is, is a fear of making a mistake um, that sometimes will, will come out or manifest as a fear of commitment or a fear of getting started. So a lot of times for the procrastinator slash perfectionist, there's, a huge amount of research and organization and getting prepared that will go into things, almost over, wanting to be overly prepared because there is this fear of, of getting it wrong or making a mistake. Mm-hmm. Or sometimes that can lead to analysis paralysis and not even wanting to get started at all because, again, that fear of, of doing it wrong or, or that, you might, that you might mess it up. And that is very, very common. The second of the fear archetypes, the second most common is the rule follower so for the rule follower, it's more of an underlying fear that's almost an unhealthy fear of authority. So for the rule follower, there's, there's almost a sense that's a little bit indescribable, the sense that there's always someone out there who might crack down on you if you don't follow, follow the instructions perfectly or don't do things exactly the way that they're supposed to be done. And that can become also paralyzing in its own way if you feel like there's not a clear set of instructions for something that you're trying to do. It can make it really difficult to step outside your comfort zone or to take risks or to trust your own judgment. Mm -hmm. Um, The third of the fear archetypes is the people-pleaser archetype. And for the people-pleaser, there's an underlying fear of what other people will think or a fear of being judged. So people-pleasers tend to be the ones who are always very concerned about everyone else's feelings, sometimes to the point where they're afraid to set boundaries, afraid to say no, and afraid to speak up and and share their own opinions because they might be unpopular. So uh, one really good way to sort of think about the difference between a people pleaser and a procrastinator is that while a procrastinator is more afraid of making the mistake and afraid of the mistake itself, the people pleaser is more afraid of what other people would say if they made a mistake. The outcast is probably the most ironic of all the seven archetypes because it's the one that on the outside can sort of appear to be almost fearless. But for the outcast, the underlying fear is a fear of rejection. So the way that that often plays out for the outcast is rejecting, rejecting other people before they can be rejected in return. And so it's almost this protection mechanism that kicks in because outcasts can be afraid of trusting other people afraid of asking for help. And so instead it's this, I don't need anybody. I'm just going to go out and, and do my own thing or I'm going to prove myself to everybody to everybody else and do it, do it on my own. But again, that can be very isolating and, and that can also affect outcasts adversely and when they are afraid to ask for help or to collaborate or to work as a team. Um, the fifth archetype is the self-doubter archetype. And for the self-doubter, the underlying fear is the fear of not being capable or the fear of not being enough. So the way that that often plays out for the self-doubter is this almost crippling insecurity or um, self-criticism. And that can also play out and manifest in hyper-criticism, not just of themselves, but of others, too, which can be really hard on relationships for the self-doubter. So the self-doubter is the one that's constantly got the voice in their head going, who do you think you are that you would even attempt something like that? Um, but the way that that can then play out is, is almost a protection mechanism there of, of criticizing other people um, just because they're feeling insecure with themselves.
1: And now we're on to number six, and it's a very interesting one.
0: Um, the sixth of the fear archetypes is the excuse maker, and this excuse maker, the underlying fear is the fear of being blamed or a fear of being held responsible. So the excuse maker is sort of the person that is never wants to be pinned down, always has a reason for why whatever happened was not their fault, either somebody else's fault, either circumstances' fault, and the excuse maker can actually be so good at justifying. Whatever it is that they are not doing, that is a very, very convincing to other people. You can almost—they're the person you can never pin down. Um, sometimes the excuse maker is the the friend who will never pick the restaurant because they don't want to be blamed if nobody likes it. <laughs> <So> <laughs> they avoid avoid taking taking responsibility, and so where that can hold back the excuse maker is excuse makers are very afraid to be the person who's out there and. be a lot of areas in life where you have to be the one making the decision if you want you know if you want career advancement or if you have your own business and so that can that can definitely hold back the maker if they're never wanting to be the one on the hook. And then the final um, fear archetype is the pessimist archetype. And the pessimist is someone who has often experienced extreme amounts of hardship or adversity in their life either trauma, financial hardship, um, illness, just something, something that's been painful or difficult. And that often results in a, just a feeling like life isn't fair. The underlying fear there is a fear of additional pain or additional adversity. And so they almost kind of give up and get into that place of why should I even bother? I'm just going to get hurt again, which can be a, a really hard one to deal with if, you're, if you find yourself stuck in that victimness. Of feeling like there's no there's no reason to even try.
1: Once we do discover our archetype how do we then overcome that fear?
0: Well it's a little bit different for everyone as you can probably imagine so and I should probably clarify that we all have a little bit of all seven archetypes in us and they run on a continuum. So you could have you know two or three that are most prevalent in, in your life most people have at least one that is sort of stands out as the top one and then maybe two or three So I've seen it up to like even five or six secondary ones, which in, in that case, that person was dealing with a lot of fear in almost every area of their life. Um, but they all sort of work work together. And so the the first thing, obviously, is is making this identification, actually seeing, starting to see the patterns in your own life, because. If everything is happening subconsciously, you can't do anything about it. But once you start to see the patterns, then you can start to replace those patterns, and especially those negative thought patterns that have been up until this point happening subconsciously, you can start to replace those with a new set of core values. So I talk about this in the second part of of my book, Do It Scared, um, and I call this the principles of courage. So it's almost adopting a new set of core beliefs that will allow you to start to overcome those those negative thoughts that you didn't even know necessarily you had, but that were, were keeping you stuck and holding you back in different ways. So those principles of courage don't correspond on a one-to-one basis with each, of the, with each of the fear archetypes, but there's definitely some that are more relevant to some of the archetypes than to others. So for instance, one of the principles of courage is rules are for suckers, which is definitely one that would be mm-hmm. more applicable to, say, a rule follower who struggles with <laughs> struggles with with daring to break the rules or daring to, to step outside, color outside the line. Um, so that's kind of the first part is really to work on the mindset piece and to um, start to, to re- reframe your, reframe your thoughts. But the next piece is the, is the most important piece, and that's taking action and daring to take action. And I talk about this a lot in the book. The action is the antidote to fear. There is nothing that is going to help you overcome fear, more completely or faster than actually taking some steps in the right direction. And so on a, on a macro level, on a, big, on a big picture level, that means and – I, and I walk through the entire process. I teach a process called think big, plan small. So first allowing yourself to start to think bigger and to claim claim a target that is a little bit bigger than you've ever dared to, to think before. And then taking that target and actually breaking it down first – figuring out your why, why that goal matters to you, but then also creating an actual plan of action. I think so many people have, have trouble connecting their daily actions to what they want to accomplish in the long term. So many of us just look at what's right in front of us right now, and that's where you get this sense of spinning around in circles. that uh, a mic? Oh, oh, go ahead. No, you, you continue. Oh, I'm <laughs> so sorry. Um, on a micro level, one of the things that you can do just on a daily basis is to actually um, practice building up your immunity to your specific fear. So, it, and that really depends. Like for you, as a procrastinator, if you if making mistakes is really hard for you, if you struggle with like putting something out there that's not perfect, practice doing things imperfectly. Practice, practice making those mistakes in a, in small ways, and giving yourself. The permission to do that, and then seeing what happens, because you can slowly get yourself used to these things that you're most afraid of, um, if you're conscious about practicing them.
1: Ruth, this book is timely during Mental Health Awareness Month, and you yourself have quite the journey leading you to this point in your life.
0: I do, and you know, I think that's one of the reasons I get so passionate about this about this topic is I. I have experienced um, an extreme amount of fear in my life and um, when I was in my early 20s, long before I started my business, um, I was a senior in college and I actually um, attempted suicide. I went through a really horrible depression that ended up, it was basically a two and a half year battle. I had multiple suicide attempts. I very nearly, very nearly died and um, at the end of it all, this two and a half year battle with with this major, major depression, found myself at complete rock bottom, thinking that I had basically destroyed my entire life. I had filed for bankruptcy. I had gotten divorced. I had dropped out of college. I had lost all of my friends and family and really had nothing left. And even the doctors had basically said, there's nothing more that we can do for you. And it was at that point that I had to figure out how to rebuild the pieces of my shattered life and it took a long time and that was the point in my life that do it scared actually became a mantra for me so after lying in bed for several months my dad be- basically begged and pleaded with me to-, to just go to the gym he said just go three times a week and walk on the treadmill for 30 minutes please just do that one thing for me and so I did reluctantly and literally that act of taking action, of putting one foot in front of the other, was for me, this, it, start, it triggered a spark of something that gave me the, the courage to take the next step, which then was calling a therapist and saying, you know what, I've just spent the last two and a half years talking about every bad thing that's ever happened to me before. I don't want to talk about it anymore. It hasn't worked. I just need to know now how to live. And then that's what she helped me do. And it was, one again, one step at a time, such small steps where it was, you know, first it was learning how to go to the grocery store without having a panic attack. And then it was getting a part-time job and then getting my own apartment and moving out of my dad's house. And slowly, 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 one step at a time. And I, at the time, I couldn't have even imagined having any semblance of a normal life. I I was so broken and so lost, and I felt like I had ruined my life forever. And now here I am all these years later, having built this amazing company. I have two wonderful kids and a great husband, like things that I could have never dreamed of. But when I look back on that, I just see the power of taking action, just taking those small steps one step at a time. And I talk about this in the book. It's just the power of taking one step and to just keep going no matter what and I think that that's why this message is so relevant during mental health months because it is there's it's it's literally the only way and if you're in a place right now of just darkness where you feel like there's nothing out there I love sharing the story because I feel like when I was there I never saw people who Had gotten better and i used to say that to my doctors what how can you tell me i'm going to get better you can't you can't show me anybody who's gotten better it felt like this this black hole that i was never going to recover from and now i get to be that person that stands in front of people and say i know how hard it is i know how bad you feel right now but if you can just take one step right now and tomorrow take another step it will get better
1: and your proof that things can change, that there, that you can become successful and you can overcome fear for people who want to learn more about you and who want to pick up your book. How do they go about doing that?
0: Well, you can find the book anywhere books are sold. So online, Amazon is at Target. And you can also find me and everything about the book and the assessment at DoItScared.com. A big thanks to Ruth for joining us today. I think I'll take that assessment right now.
1: That's a great idea. We'll talk to you again on Connections.